Hi, everyone, and welcome to Menopausal Storyteller. We're so grateful that you're sharing um, your time today with Danny and Sandy. Um, the subject today is uh, it's, it can be pretty emotional, um, and it is about um, some of the stories and if, some of the events that have happened in our life that we really, really wanted to share with you guys. And hopefully you guys get a really good insight on the subject. And today's subject is power of love. Love is very, is a very powerful thing. And it, we can love a TV show. We can love a car. We can love our spouse. We can love our children. And we can feel the power of love. That's right. You're right. And love is a feeling. Yeah. It's something you can't see but you can feel it and it's like gravity. You can't see gravity, but you can feel it. You know, it's there. You get up every morning, you put your feet on the floor. It's there. Love is no different. Exactly. And you know, um, the story that we want to begin with and share with you is something that happened. Um, and this is kind of how the story of how God works and, and uh, because Diane and I both believe in God, we don't have, um, like we don't have one religion that we believe in because um, that's not how we think. Well, we both came from different religious backgrounds and and we've studied a little bit with yeah. different churches, but we believe in God. Yeah. And we believe God does things for us. That's we right. might think it's happening to us, but it's not. It's happening for us. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard, especially if you lose a loved one um, or you're losing a loved one. Um, you might say, well, how does like, how does that affect me when like, how, how is God love when this happening? Um, sometimes we just got to sit back and say, you know what he, it is love because he, he has given us the gift to be with that person and have that person be part of our life instead of saying that it's a bad thing. Um, that we never got to spend uh, like an eternity with them. But, you know, we, we do have the um, gratefulness that we got to actually meet that person or people and have them cross paths in our life at all. And um, so the story that we're going to share with you has something to do with that. Um, so years ago, um, we had a little bit of a conflict with my parents I'm not going to go into great detail because every family has them. Anyway, so we had a little bit of conflict with uh, <laughs> with my parents. And um, it was about a year that we had not talked to my parents at all. And, um, you know, stubbornness runs in the family. And we both passed judgment on each other. And we both thought we were right. And a lot of it was, was the perception of what had happened. And when you don't talk to each other, it gets easier and easier not to talk to each other. And um, because we knew like our family, like we did love each other, but we never are not our family alone. Like we never showed love. Like we knew our parents loved us, but um, we didn't really like, we didn't show each other as far as hugging each other, telling each other that, that, um, that we loved each other. Um, so anyway, we, it was easier. It was easy for us just to have, to have that distance between us. 
anyway, so one day uh, we were out, we were up hunting close to um, the area where my parents lived. And we were out, um, we had a moose tag and we were out hunting. And of course, well, make a long story short. Well, this is going to be a long story. <laughs> we're, we were driving up this one road and uh, we seen some moose tracks. Okay. And we thought, wow, hey, let's follow those tracks. Like, so we started driving up this road and it was getting steeper and steeper and steeper. And all of a sudden it was a freshly made road and it started getting muddier. Uh, uh oh, like we better get out of here because we don't want to get stuck. So we come across a logging landing and we went to turn around and we got stuck. Like we got stuck big time. So we tried to get ourselves out, but we couldn't. So we walked 10 kilometers to tell someone came along and said, Hey, you want to ride? <laughs> Okay, now I'm going to step in here and go back a little bit to give you guys more of a visionary and what's going on here. So when we, after we got stuck, we tried to get out. So we spent hours trying to get out. Now, you, anybody that gets stuck and spends hours trying to get out, you do realize what you're going to look like. So we were covered in mud from head to toe. Now, we also didn't tell you that we had our dog with us. Mm. Now, our dog was covered in mud. And um, yeah, so needless to say, we decided that it was only going to be a few hours and darkness was coming and we did not want to be stuck out there because along with the moose tracks, we've seen, we seen grizzly tracks and we knew that we were in grizzly country and we did not want to be out there. And plus we didn't really bring a lot of food because we just were preparing to go out for the day and then if we got something great it would, the adrenaline would take over we wouldn't have to worry about food but when you're in the middle of nowhere no cell service back then and um and so we actually back then cell phones were i don't even think we had a cell phone back i don't then. know yeah, i don't even think yeah it was oh boy we were dating ourselves Ooh. yeah we had yeah we had radios but like but we didn't have one so anyway i and, and we were in the boonies we were way back up and by prince george anyway um we decide that we better start getting some help so yeah we that's when we decided that we have a little journey hike down the road with the dog and of course danny with his gun because if a grizzly came out we want to be prepared so yeah we get going down the hill and uh, it was a long hill, couple hour walk. Oh, we had walked just about 10 kilometers. Yeah. And then this vehicle showed up, nice, shiny pickup, looked brand new, two guys in it. No, that was a man oh, and his wife. Oh, he was right. That was his man and his wife. wife. That's right. They, they First were, day. Yeah. First day. He was a fireman. He was a fireman. And guess what? You know what firemen are? They want to help. Yes. Because we deal with fire departments all the time. And yeah, we all want to help each other. So yeah, that's right. So you're right. Because the second day was with the two guys. Anyway, so um, yeah, this husband and wife, they they stop and ask if if we if they can help us. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we, we got stuck and we're just up the road up there. And but we like, know some people that are parked yeah. about, they're just about three or four more kilometers back at the, where the two rivers come together. They're, they're camping there. Or along the McGregor. Yeah, and, and they have all the equipment. Yeah, they'll, they'll, we'll just go there and wait for them to show back up and they can help us out. Oh, no. 
we'll help you. We got this brand new Ford pickup. Oh. Yeah. Okay. With four wheel drive in yeah. a week and we'll just hook the rope on and just tow you out. <laughs> and we're like, well, you know, it's really, really stuck. And okay, well, okay. So they were that nice where they let us in the back seat. Um, our dog, they put in the, in the back, in the box, in the box, because the they dog, had a canopy on yeah, it. Yeah. They had a canopy and the dog really stunk. You know what dog smells like? Oh, oh, oh we forgot to mention it. It started drizzling yes. rain. It was yes. starting to drizzle rain. Yeah. So we were not just muddy. We were getting wet yeah. and cold and hungry. And, um, cause it had gone quite a few hours up the hill and then so we decided to go and tell them where we were and so we went up the hill and and uh we're trying not to touch anything in the back seat because we were so muddy and uh we're looking around going kind of looking at each other going wow this this thing is really new this thing you could smell it was only like a couple weeks old maybe weeks old maybe anyway so we go back up the hill we show them where the pickup is and they're like yeah no problem we can we can pull you out yeah they barely made it up to where we were yeah yeah so then we they yes they they hooked on and well well they we hooked up and we started pulling uh, they started to pull on us and uh when he spun his wheel he spun one of his wheels a piece of shale came up and took out a brake line so now he's got no brakes on that thing. And it's, yeah, it just, he started freaking out. So we thought, okay, we'll just unhook it. We'll back down the hill and get, get hit that, his truck out of there. We'll leave ours there. We'll go back to that camp where some people that we knew were staying. Needless to say, he backed it and just about went over the bank. And by this bank, we're talking maybe 70 feet down to the next tree. And yeah, this is where the truck was hanging. So now we're really panicked. So, okay, we're walking back down. So we walked back down the hill. Yeah. Oh, we started getting, we got just about to the spot where they picked us up. (laughs) And this is, (laughs) and we're thinking, and we're all wet. We have a dog. We both have our guns. Now we're all muddy. They're all muddy. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's drizzling and we're cold. We get down to just, we walked another, like, I think it was like 10 o'clock in the morning when we first got stuck. Now, this is getting late in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and this two people stopped in this small Toyota pickup, but it had nice big muddy tires on it, like mud tires, picked us up. Oh, we can pull you out. And I'm saying, no, you can't pull us out. <laughs> and this guy that was with us said, well, yeah, he could probably get me out. He could probably get me out. I'm going, dude. This thing ain't even going to get up there. And he's going, oh, yeah, no, no, let's try. So we went up there, and these guys tried to climb the hill up to where we were and oh, couldn't make it. That's right. And and we need to fill you in that, okay, when they oh. decided they're going up, both of us girls looked at each other, and we went, we're not going through this again. And I thought, I've been through this twice now. She's only been through it once. We're not going to be stuck up there and walk this trail, like this road three times. Yeah. So, you know, you guys go ahead. So we stayed. Actually, they took us to the camp where we wanted to go because we stayed at the camp by the river. And then you guys head up because they weren't there. Oh, Pete that's Joe right, too. There. Yeah. Well, it's been so a we, while. Like, they were yeah. talking oh. almost 30 remember. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than so, that. Yeah. It's more than 30. This is more than 30 years ago. 
So we, the, as girls, like the two of us, we stayed behind at these people's camp that we knew they were, must have been on hunting because they weren't there, but it didn't matter. We stayed at the camp. So then these guys went up. And they, they couldn't make it up there. So we no. came back down and we said, uh, they said, well, they're at the McGregor camp. And they, we stopped, picked up Sandy and, and this other woman they got, and we we're riding in the back of this Toyota pickup. Yeah. So it's a, the tiny, like the old style Toyota pickup. So we're four of us are jammed in the back of this pickup. We have a tarp to put over us to stop us from getting wet. And we have the dog in there with us. We're muddy. We stink. So we're bouncing down this back road all the way back to this camp, a logging camp. We're going to, you know, they, they said, well, their son's there and, and make, he had some, he has a bigger, some equipment and we could probably get up there and get it, these vehicles out. So we're going along and as we're going down the road and I'm thinking these we could, guys. We could hear ting, ting, ting. We're like, what is that? Yeah. So and that's when one of you guys opened up the tarp and these guys were throwing liquor bottles out. Yeah. They after were, they've been drinking. Yeah. They were pretty liquored. <laughs> and we're then well, now we're panicking because we're thinking, oh my goodness, this is not good. This is, this is not a good day. No. Like, what are we doing here? Why? Why, this why is it happening to us? Yeah. <laughs> why so. us? So then when we just about get there, I turned to Danny and I said, McGregor camp, isn't that where my dad is working? Now you guys got to remember, remember we haven't talked to him for over a year and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. If I run into my dad, what, how are we going to respond to each other? Oh, that was, (laughs) Sandy's like panicking. We open up the, we open up the tarp to peek out. And as we're going by, we see Sandy's dad running a loader, his loader. Yeah. And we're going, oh no. So what are we going to do? So these guys take us over and they stop us at the camp and we get to the camp and we're trying to get ourselves organized and figure out where we're going to go. And he's going to, he's got to wait for his son, his son's someplace else. And, and uh, so we said, well, he goes, just head over to the cook shack over there at at the camp shack and, and uh, wait there. We can get, get ourselves something, you know, you might be able to buy something to eat there or something. So we said, sure. Like we're starving by this yeah. time because now it's starting to get like starting to get dark. Yeah. So we take off. We walk over to the camp and after it, about a half an hour of trying to organize ourselves and yeah. help. Yeah. We walk into the camp and uh, there's a sign say, take your shoes off. <laughs> okay. We take our shoes off. Our socks are muddier than our, are just as muddy as our shoes. <laughs> We, we we still we got mud in our face our hair like we're spinning and anyway we walk through the door and the first person we see sitting at a table in the cook shack is my dad yeah. and we i'll never forget the expression on his face when the four of us walked in there we were just disgustingly muddy and he just looked at us and we looked at him and he says what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> what, the hell? what the hell happened to you? He <laughs> said, what? we're like, um, well, okay. Long story short, we got stuck. We went down the hill. Somebody else picked, these guys picked us up. We went up with, we, they all got stuck. Oh, that's right too. We walked through the door <laughs> Yes, that those guys that picked us up, 
the second time walked in yeah. and said, hey, Les, somebody here says they know you. That's, <laughs> that's what it was. And then your dad looked up and said, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> so needless to say, dad bought us a steak night. There we go, you guys. Like, here we are. We're is in desperate need. We're in desire straits thinking, what, why are we doing this? What has, what have we done to deserve this? We're yeah. just going out hunting. This is all. And these other people, their poor pickup now has been destroyed. And so anyway, we walk in and here is my dad. And we told him this story and we were kind of chuckling about it because at that time we were so overtired, so exhausted from walking all those kilometers and so and money and cold and hungry. And he just looked and he said, you know what? I'll buy you guys steak night. And we were like, steak night? Well, of all the nights to come here, we pick steak night bonus. <laughs> So we ended up, we all had steaks. It was an awesome supper. And then my dad jumped in your dad's pickup. Yeah, jumped in my dad's pickup. And my dad said, okay, we'll try and get up there. And he got a hold of Pete and Joe that had the camp. And, and he goes, You girls stay at the camp. We're going to go up there and we're going to try and get you guys out because Pete and Joe had all the proper equipment, the winches, everything. Oh, they had a, they had a, Land cruiser, it was chained up, all four wheels were chained, and they had power saw winches yeah. and, and and winches on the front. And needless to say, <laughs> this guy's pickup, we almost lost it over the bank, but we were able to jimmy it back up onto the road. We got it back up on the road. It was all good. And my dad, before he had left, he says, I said, are you sure you're going to be able to get it out? Pete and Joe and my dad are like, yeah, yeah, we can get it out. But if we can't, well, we might have to hire a cat to come or a in skitter. or a skitter yeah, to a come skitter in. Up. It's only a thousand bucks an hour. Don't worry about it. And Dan and I are like, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> From this a, is 30 like, years ago. <laughs> and that's well, a lot of money. <laughs> all we were doing was going hunting for a moose. That's it. <laughs> so, so we we get this guy's pickup out like. We, we we fought to get him out, or actually we got it so it was being held up on uh with the power saw winches and a and a cable up to the front and and they <laughs> Joe drives in there with that Jeep underneath these cables, hooks onto me, drags me out. I turn around and drive down <laughs> past this guy's pickup that's hanging over the edge, and we hook my pickup onto his pickup, hook his land cruiser onto the front, and with the power saw winch. We suck the whole thing back up onto the road. Now, this is getting to be uh, midnight. Midnight. It was, yeah, yeah midnight by the time we got it down there. He still, we, he still had a brake line that had been ruptured. So it was muddy. I didn't care. I, fought, I had a toolbox with me. I did have tools. And, had, and I found a, a screw, and I put it in the end of his, we cut the finish, cutting the line right off, put a screw inside there to stop the brake fluid from pouring out. I had brake fluid. I gave him, we filled up his brake fluid. He had brakes. Awesome. So I said, don't worry about it. It'll hold. So he comes back down. Remember this? And at, at that point, yeah, everybody at that point, all that was wrong with their pickup was the inside. Well, was, that was that, that uh, brake line. That was it. I know, but no, no. I mean, everything oh, inside. inside was just muddy. Yeah. That's all. It was just mud. It could have been cleaned. That's why they weren't too panicky. They're yeah. just like, okay, it's just the brake line and the inside has to be they cleaned. cleaned. Yeah. It's two weeks old, but you know what? It, it's, it's doable. We can clean it so it looks new again. Yeah. 
So then they came down, picked up us girls. And we said, thank you so much. They said, yeah, thank you. And we thought that would be the last time we ever seen well, them. Well, we tried to drive out of that. And he took a shortcut, <laughs> spun out, rolled backwards, and wound up he in the- no brakes. Well, he had brakes, but he only had brakes on the one corner on the front. And when he, he let it get going too fast, and he slid the whole thing into the willows. Yeah. So now he's got scratches now, all down on the side of his yeah. track. <laughs> so he was, they were okay up until that point. Yeah. They were in control. They just had a little bit of mud to clean and a brake line to fix. Now their whole side of their pickup was, was scratched. scratched all to heck because of all the willows that, and we told him, you know, when, when he was leaving, Danny says, whatever you do, when you got to come out of here or back onto the road, there's a kind of a hump in the road. Don't use your brake. Don't stop unless somebody's just right there. Just yeah. get going. Give her. Don't, don't hesitate. Just go. He said he got up there and all of a sudden he panicked and he put the brake on and then it rolled back down. And when <laughs> it did, it went right back into all the willows. Well, we're standing out there looking at it. Now she's crying. We had to tow him out of the willows with my pickup. Because yeah. he got it stuck because it went right into the willows. Yeah. And and he is just devastated. I'm crying. She's crying because I felt so bad. And Danny's just down there and he's like, I can't believe this happened. I just this I can't believe this day has been like this. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I said, all I can think about was that it was the power of love. The power of love of God putting my dad back into our life. Yeah. Because even though we had to go through all of this, and even though they kind of got sucked into our dilemma and our story, <laughs> fortunately. You know, it, it turned out not bad because they were able to cut polish all. They never got yeah. any dents in their pickup. They were able to cut polish all that out. Uh, finish the story. We drove down the road. We pulled in to go to Sandy's, uh, well, where we were staying. Oh, no, we, we were on our way back. Yeah. And he slapped, he did. We put our brakes on. He kind of slowed down a little bit with his gears behind us. So we had to stop because there was some moose crossing. Yeah, now, this all, time it's one o'clock, one thirty in the morning. Yeah, you can't shoot moose. You can't at shoot at moose. And so we were watch, all we're doing is watching these moose on the road. Yeah. And we were all started laughing about it because we were so all so overtired. Yeah. And so fully exhausted of what has happened that day. We all started having the giggles and laughed about having to wait for all these moose that were waiting on we the road. We had a good cry. We had a good, now we had a good laugh. So, yeah. And then to continue. We get down to where we were staying. We pulled into the state. We pulled into where we were staying and they pulled in there and they're going, what are you doing here? And we go, well, we're just staying up here at this guy's place. And <laughs> he goes, oh, when do you guys come, when do you guys go hunting every year? Well, we usually try to come up this time every year. Good. We're going someplace else hunting. <laughs> they were picking their kids up just down the road from where we were staying. It was funny. We thought we were following them. <laughs> we did. And the next day we did run into them again. Yeah. The next day we were out hunting again. And yeah, we ran into them. And no, but we had found their mud flap. Oh, that's right. Because their mud flap had been tore, tore off, off too in the willows. So we went back to visit 
Joe and Pete to thank them. Yeah. And as we pulled in, we had seen the mud flap on the side of the road from their pickup. So we picked it up and said, well, we'll just drop it off at the place that they had dropped their kids off for yeah. that day. And it ended up that when we pulled on the road, they were going by, they stopped because we were flagging them down. I'm surprised they even stopped. I'm surprised they didn't just floor it. <laughs> uh, those guys are. But they seen us. <laughs> they seen us with them. So we went up and we said, uh, here, I think this is yours. And they're like, okay, thanks. And they're like, so you guys hunt up here every year? And we're like, yep. And how long are you guys up here today? And we're like, I don't know. And they're like, if you see us, we're not stopping. <laughs> we're not stopping for you. So you don't get stuck. Okay, guys, because we're not stopping to help you today. And uh, yeah. And from now on, we're finding a different hunting spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was fun. Oh, but you know what? The reason we wanted to share that story is because, again, this is the power of love. And I feel that there are certain situations in people's lives that um we have to sit back and go why did this happen instead of getting upset about it we have to go you know what down the road or even a couple hours down the road it's happened because we're it's it's the power of love on god he wanted to put my dad and i back together yeah and um you know we also wanted that was one story. Another, another power of love is um, this is this has ha um, happened to Danny and I's um, immediate family. Like to, we have two girls, and um, our youngest daughter, which was turning, uh, she was turning thirty in uh, a couple days when on her birthday, and um, she had phoned me and um, said, "Mom," she says, "I." I feel numb on the right side of my body. And I said, well, you know, you work out a lot. So maybe you pulled a muscle. And I said, but I would go to the hospital anyway and just make sure. So she went in, that was on a Saturday and she um, phoned me and she got home. She phoned me and she goes, yeah, you're right. The doctor said it was a pulled muscle. I said, okay. I wasn't that concerned because I thought, you know, I pull muscles all the time. A lot of people that do weight lifts and stuff do. And she does a lot. And the next day she phoned and she said, mom, she says, I'm getting a little bit scared. She goes, I had a shower and I could not feel the water on the right side of my body. And I can't hold the comb in my right hand. Well, now I'm panicking and I'm thinking stroke. So I said, you need to go to the hospital right away, Marilyn, get back in there. So she went in there and then it was a while and she came home and phoned me and she says, mom, they want me to go to, um, to Grand Prairie in the morning. Um, is it? Yeah. In the morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. this was Sunday. And they said, Monday, you have an appointment. They phoned the hospital in Grand Prairie and you're supposed to, I'm supposed to be there. And I said, okay, well, why would, is it a stroke? Is it a stroke or is it like, they what is it? And she said, they don't know. They just know it's something serious yeah. and they just want me to go there. Cause they don't think it's a pulled muscle now. I said, okay. So then Monday morning, she gets a call and she says, just letting you and dad know that I'm not stopping in Grand Prairie. The um, hospital in Edmonton had phoned and said, University of Hospital, their phone and said that they want me to come like straight there, like right now. So her and her husband 
and the kids took off and they went to Edmonton. And over the next uh, two days, she had a whole bunch of tests done. And then um, she phoned me on her birthday in the morning and said that the doctor had just come in and talked to her and told her that they had all the test results back and she was tested and she has MS. So at the time I thought, I don't even understand what MS is. Now I knew people who, some people who had it, but it didn't affect my family, like our family, like itself. So we, we don't really check into it and see what the, like what the diagnosis is, what is the, if there's a cure, nothing about it. So um, we were kind of shocked. And then of course we had our little crying session and everything after we hung up, cause we didn't want to show her that we were that scared cause we didn't understand it. So um, of course, you first thing you do is start Googling and find out all the information. Exactly. You can. Exactly. So anyway, um, like, you, like this has been a few years now that she has been dealing with this um, MS. And, you know, the power of love is um, not just giving love to other people, because that is so important. Like, e even if you're upset with somebody, instead of being mad and judging, judging them, just send love. And so this type of love, the power of this love was to love yourself. And we had to go through, like, as a parent, we had to go through, um, like, a lot because we, we kept on blaming ourselves. Like, like well, what can we do? What can we do? Yeah. And why, why did this happen? Is it our <laughs> fault? Is it our fault that she has MS? And, um, and then we just by witnessing what, what our daughter went through, it, it was showing us that the power of loving yourself, um, was so powerful and so strong that, um, we, we, we never seen anybody that could deal with a disease like that. She was not letting it get to her. She was back at the gym watching like very strict diet oh and like but what really got to us is when she like we were saying what about this what about that and like you do this could you do that and and when she told us stop it this is not your disease yeah this is my disease to deal with not yours so stop trying to tell me how to to live and how how this is going to control me you guys are putting me in the grave. Like, I'm not allowing that to happen. And it really opened up our eyes that she's right. This is not our disease. Yeah. This is not our fight. No. It's her fight. And it's what she needs to deal with. And we also, because we weren't the ones that we're dealing with it ourselves. Exactly. We were the parents dealing with this. Exactly. And a, it was different. even though we knew that it wasn't about us anymore, it was about her. But having three little kids, we were always concerned, well, how is she going to do this? And how is she going to do that? And, and um, like, what about, what if she ends up in a wheelchair? And it wasn't until, like Danny said, until she got mad at us one day um, and said, this is my disease. And that is why I'm not talking about it. Because when you talk about it all the time, you're manifesting it. So it's always in your life. 
if you're always saying, I am this and I have this and I have this disease and I'm not feeling good. She said, mom and dad, it's bringing this MS worse than what it is. Yeah. So what you guys are doing is you are manifesting me having more MS symptoms and relapses than I need to. And I don't want that in my life. So, so we it. need to stop talking about me having MS. Don't even, don't even talk to me about it unless I need your help because we don't need this to take control over us. We don't want the man the, the, to manifest the MS to be the controller mm -hmm. of our lives. We want to still continue on living our life. And something that she said to us too, is, you know what you guys raised like Nicole, which is our oldest. She goes, you guys raised us to have our own opinions. We were allowed to disagree with you. And um, especially when, when we were living under your roof, I remember your comments were, you can disagree with us anytime you want because you are your own person, even though you might not be right. And, and we still even live. though we might not be right right but it, we still it was you're our, under our roof so you're gonna go right. by our it rules was, <laughs> that's right it was still your house your rules but we were allowed to have an opinion we were allowed to say no we don't agree with what you guys said and you guys always she said you guys always raised us on to doing our own thing you didn't want us to follow in your footsteps you want us to be our own people you want us to create our own lives and you know that was such that first it was like a slap in our face. And we're like, how dare you? Like, we're your parents. And then we had to sit back and go, wow, she's right. We raised two very strong women. Yeah. And I am so proud of the fact that they're, they got enough strength in them to look at us and say, yeah, you might be my mom and dad, but stay out of my business. That's right. And I, Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And you can tell a story about you being a parent that with a, with a child with MS, but you cannot tell my story no. because I'm the one living with it. Exactly. So we can't tell her story. No. All we can say is, yeah, we have a daughter that has MS and you know, we're proud of how she's dealing with it. And this is how she's dealing and with it. This is how she's dealing with it. But it's not our disease to deal with. No. It's hers. And it's her story to tell. It is. So, and, and sometimes we wish that she would come to us more to talk to us about it. But we also have to sit back and go, but in time, when, when she needs us, we're here. Like only once. And now she is 37. And so it's been seven years since she's been diagnosed. And I, I can only recall once ever that she went to the hospital when she had a relapse and she came back because I had the kids um, and she came back a couple hours later after having the IV put through her and um, she sat there and cried at the couch, like on the couch. And because I just asked her, are you okay? And she started crying and she goes, mom, I've never, ever complained about going and having this stuff put through my system to help me get over my relapse. I've never, ever tried to um, let it control my mind and my thoughts. But this was the most painful 
one that I've ever had. And it hurt so bad. And I tell you, as a parent, it killed me sitting there watching her cry. And there's nothing we can do. No, but you know what? It was those moments that I realized that I look back now and think, wow, that was the power of love, the power of love for us to let them do and be their own person and the power of love of them to respect us and to love herself so much that she has control over every time she has a relapse. She may not have control over what her body is doing as far as needing this this stuff that comes into her from the IV, but she has the control of thinking her thoughts positively while she's taken it yeah. to get rid of the pain. And using the yeah, power yeah. of love, she's given herself love and you have to. Exactly. You have to give yourself love. Yeah. And you have to, you know, and then all we can do is just give her love. Yeah. Like, Part of manifest that she's a powerful and strong person. Exactly. And she is. Exactly. And even like our oldest daughter, she's had some health problems and she's had a she had a few miscarriages. Then she ended up with the hysterectomy. And I remember we were visiting her once when she um was she had a miscarriage and it was devastating because we'd never experienced we weren't there the other times. And she was quite far along when we had gone into the hospital with her and she just said you can leave and I'll just deal with this and I remember looking at her and going Nicole it's okay like I can stay with you and she says no mom I've done this before I need to do this myself I need to be powerful I need to have control over my thoughts and I can't do it when you're sitting there because you're my mom and I know what mothers are like and you're going to want to console me. And I just, I can't deal with this right now. So I left and then we got the call saying, come and get her. They had to, they had to like abort the baby because it had passed away. And I, I remember on the way home, because we didn't live there at the time. And I remember on the way home, Danny and I both looked at each other and went, wow, we should be so proud of ourselves that we have raised such strong girls. And um, that they're, they're willing to take control of their thoughts yeah, and in control of their lives. Yeah. They're not going to let life drag them down. Exactly. Or situations, or situations or other people, other people. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Not even us. No. And even us. that goes back to the power of love. Yeah. You need to just have love for somebody, but you need to let them live their own lives. Because everybody has to make their own journeys. Everybody has to make their own mistakes. And I am very proud of us as parents that we have sat back and allowed them to be their own people. Yes. Because I know people who doesn't matter how old you are, you figure you're a parent, you're a parent all your life, and you can still control that child, even when they're getting close to 60 years old. You figure that they, you can still tell them how to dress, how to act, and what to do for a living and tell them that their choices that they made are bad. That's their perception. And that is their judgment. And we should not judge anybody. No. And, you know, we watched a show um, called The Shack. And I tell you, like, it well, is, that, that oh. show has got, if, if you want a good laugh, 
that's good. You, there's moments in there where you laugh, but I can tell you, you're going to cry more than you're going to laugh. That show is so powerful. It's got so many messages in there. Uh, forgiveness is probably the biggest one, but like acceptance and uh, they, there's just, there's so much in there. Yeah. And you know, there's spots in heat in the show where um, like judgment was a big thing. Oh, that was huge. Yeah. And, um, and like, we don't, we don't want to give too much the story away, but I, I would highly recommend, like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not, this is not a lie. We have probably watched this show 12 or 13 times. Well, the first couple of times that like we, we cried watching it. I remember I had, I had put it on my phone as a, a Netflix thing. Cause it wasn't, it's on Netflix or it was on Netflix anyway. And I was sitting out there in my truck. I drive truck for a living and I was, things were broke down. And so I thought, oh, watch this movie. I'm sitting in the truck by myself and I got tears running down my face. I thought, boy, somebody sees me sitting in here right now. They're going to think I'm losing it. <laughs> yeah. But it was a very powerful show. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, especially like in the part of judgment. Yeah. And like, um, I'm just, I got the book in front of me because we, we, the weird thing is uh, we had bought, um, we, oh. we had, well, Danny had read this book and Danny says, we need, we, we need to, well, I said, you need to read this book. Yeah. So, yeah. So and I read it. And then after I read it, I said, we need to buy some and give them out to people. And we did, we did. So we went out and we bought, I think nine of them. Oh, and yeah. at least yeah. if not more and we just had them in the trunk of our vehicle and we had gone down to vancouver to visit um danny's aunt and we would every time we'd stop and get gas if there was somebody that was sleeping on the street or sleeping on um like a bench or anything we would stop and we would hand out this book to them because it is so powerful and we've even given it to some people um in our church Mm -hmm. now there's some, there were some people that I, I gave them to that were going through some really hard times and really yeah. struggling and i said well here read this book it'll it'll uh, change your your outlook yeah on yourself and other people other people and and the one that there's a couple couple of um in there that i've that's really stuck with me and one was on judgment and it says in here um give uh, give up being judge and know who God is, then you will be able to embrace his love in the midst of your pain. Instead of pushing God away with your self-centered perception of how you think the universe should be. You know, I just, that, that is such a, it's such a powerful, like judging other people. Yeah. Um, Oh, there was one section in there that I really, I really like about um, being superficial. Yeah. It says uh, judgment has been superficial based on appearance and actions, things easily interpreted by whatever state of mind or prejudice that supported the need to exalt himself or to feel safe or to belong. It said your imagination is the train of thought is not serving you well 
at this moment when you're judging. Yeah. Because you're using your imagination to always think of all the bad things. Exactly. You're always thinking when you're using your imagination, you're using, going into the what ifs. That's right. And you're always looking into the future. You know, there's a section in there where that it says in there uh, in, in the book or even in the movie, it, like when you think of the future, do you think of God in your future? Do you think of God's being with you? Or do you just think of, you know, what, what can I have? Well, another section in there is about thinking is, do you think in, are you, every time you're thinking about something, are you thinking the present or are you, are you still living in the past? In the past. Yeah. Are you think, are you thinking of the future present? Yeah. Or the past, the present or the future? Yeah. And like how many of those thoughts are just negative? Yeah. Like most of us like, walk around thinking of all the bad things. Well, start thinking of all the good things because yeah. the good things, there's a lot more good things than you think than there is bad. But we choose to live on the bad. Exactly. Because we like making up our own stories. Yeah. And that's by judging, especially making up our stories about other people. We're judging them. Mm -hmm. We're judging them because the way they look, the way that they talk, the way that they walk, maybe their profession. Um, because that in like some people judgment, um, makes you feel uh, superior over somebody else. Yeah. Cause you're judging them. You're yeah. Trying to be superior. Yeah. And in this story in this, well, the show, the story and the show, this guy, um, he had, he was judging all his time, um, because he had lost his little girl. And so he was mad. He wanted this person who took his little girl's life. He wanted him to burn in hell. And throughout the book, it is um, an awesome story. The movie is just so enlightening. And it makes um, you wonder how many times we judge ourselves. Like, are we always judging ourselves? Because yeah. you know what? We judge ourselves because we're scared of what other people will think of us. Yep. Are they going to think we're an idiot? Are they going to, are they going to judge us and think that we're, that we're low, um, that we're not smart enough. We can't do it. Uh, we're, and, we're our biggest critics. Yeah. And in this, this show, there's so many, the reason why we watched it so many times to us, us, like at the end of the show, we always like, usually we cry so much at the end. Um, because it's so enlightening for us and it's such a good good lesson throughout the show and at the end after we've done our crying session together we always go it was such a great show it is like going to church yeah it's a it good is, message it is it's such it is such messages a, messages in here yeah. in that show and um it is i tell you i if i ever going to recommend any movies on um, the power of love, this is it. Mm -hmm. There is so many, we've been watching so many powerful movies out there, but this shows how much God loves us. And this shows how much um, he loved his little girl, but it also showed how much his father and his father, um, there was love there, but it was just by everybody judging each other. Mm -hmm. We, judge each other he was judging the way that he was raised his and and how and he didn't realize his dad was raised the same way and you just if you watch the show you're gonna see what i'm talking about and i would if you're ever gonna like i say if you're gonna watch a movie 
that is one that I would, I would highly recommend is, and it's called the shack. And, um, yeah, I, I even went out and bought a version just so I had a copy because I knew that Netflix wasn't eventually going to, they were going to take it off. And this is something that I still watch as an inspirational because there are so many times that we have missed things and all of a sudden we caught it the fifth, sixth, seventh time. And now we tell other people and those people will say that was such a good show, but I don't remember Harley because I cried most of the way through. And it wasn't just crying of sadness that there was, but it was crying because they seen their life in the judgment. They seen the love that we have for each other. And we're so this, we are as humans right now, we're so busy not having and showing the power of love because we're giving it all over to evil and we're giving it, I say the dark side. And it's because we're judging each other on everything. We're so judgmental on, on twisting people, what they're saying. And, and we're making the stories up about them that we don't even know them, but we're making stories in our own head. And instead of sending them love, we're sending them hate. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, well, this is what, this is what they're thinking. You don't know what they're thinking. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know their story. So stop making up their story for them because we don't know where they have, what they've lived. And like Danny and I had um, like, like uh, where did we see that? Was it Bob Proctor? And he said, or was it just a saying that we come across? I forget, but it said, don't judge. I think it was Bob Proctor. It, right? it was something that, yeah, he, I don't know where he got it from or if he actually came up with this, but uh, it was, I was really impressed. Don't judge. Don't judge the, that. Don't judge other people that you, some people that you meet. That, well, even a beggar. Yeah. Be, um, or anybody that you feel is below you because you think you're above them. Don't judge them because one day that person may be the savior for your child. Yeah, might drag your child out of hell. Exactly. Might drive, might, yeah, might drag your child out of hell. So you know what, people? We need to stop judging. And and it is, it's the more that we become aware of our thoughts. And the more that we become aware of love and losing love in this day and age, we need to get it back. We need to stop being so judgmental over people mm-hmm. because we don't know each other's stories. And we need to start sending love out to everybody. And that is why we don't even watch the news anymore because there's everything is negative. They don't have nothing positive on there anymore. And so instead of that, we need to start sending love out. Mm -hmm. And when somebody offends us because they want to quickly butt in and tell us how our story is going to go or how we should be thinking or how they interpreted the story, we need to, instead of getting mad, we need to sit back and just go, I send you love because you don't understand, but I send you my love anyway. Yeah. And we can send it from afar. We can send it to anybody. Send love because love is our connection. Love is our connection to whoever you believe in, whether it is God or Jehovah, universe, anybody. Your love is the connection. And we are all connected, whether we like it or not. Oh, yeah. We are all, we're all intertwined. Exactly. And 
Yeah. And like, we need to stop living the negative and start living the positive. And we all have these same stories that Danny and I have shared. Oh, it, and, yeah. Everybody has a story and everybody's story. It, it And it, yeah. Everybody's story is somebody else's survival guide. Yeah. And I just, I look at ours alone. Like this story of us going hunting was kind of funny but it was a connection. It was, it was our, it was the power of my dad's love and our love that connect that reconnected us mm -hmm. and over something silly that we kept on saying, well, why us, why us today? Well, then all of a sudden we realized why us. Yep. And, and found out that somebody knows what's best for us. And that's why I said, sometimes we always go, why is this happening to me? It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Exactly. And the story with our daughters is just a prime example of the love they have for themselves, mm -hmm. the love they have for their own families and the love that we have for them. And, you know, like we can be there, send love, even if we're not right there because they need their space. And we need to send our love as a parent sometimes and just sit back and stop trying to control them. Be there for love, the power of love. Don't be there to power of control. Yeah. And that is for everybody on earth. We need to give up control to have control over everything and other people and just give love. So I hope this is really um, been an inspiration for some of you and um that uh yeah it's just we thought about this and the power of love and and there's so many more stories that we could share um but we just you just yeah we just thought this is so important especially right now at this age and this, oh, and this time yeah this time, this time. and there's sayings that go back thousands of years yeah be still and know that you're loved exactly and something else in this movie is when jesus was speaking and he said i don't want servants i want friends i want people to come to me and love and know that they're loved and know that they're loved and i think back at how many of us don't feel like we're loved especially now because we can't even hardly connect with each other other than on zooms or anything but it's going to get better everybody we are going to be able to go back. And when we do go back, just think of, of like the power of love and that, um, yeah, we don't want to live in the past. This is just something that was good for us. And we have to think of things that have happened out of it. And maybe it's all the good. Maybe start it's looking, to realize. Start looking at the good. Start looking at the good and, and the good will come through. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we want to thank everybody for joining us. And again, if you have, if you would like to um, like be on a, on a podcast with us even, and just show and share some of your stories, um, we'd love to be able to share some of your stories along with ours. If you have anything uh, funny or an inspirational one, power of love, um, anything you've manifested um, and some decisions that you've made that's changed your life. Uh, and you lived, um, you got over some fear and now you live in faith. We'd love to be able to hear from you. Uh, so we thank you again. We're very grateful that shoot you're us an email. Yeah. Shoot us an email at, um, um, menopausal, menopausal storyteller, storyteller at gmail.com. 
or sandy.forsell at gmail.com. And we would love to, um, to hear from you. And we look forward into sharing some more stories and some more um, the power of love. Okay, thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.